Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, Takeaway Edition, where Mike and Casey sit down and pull out some of the best leadership nuggets from the most recent podcast. Now, here's your host, Casey Lynch. Welcome to Takeaways from Lynch with a Leader. I'm going to be your host today, Casey Lynch, here with Mike coming off his interview with Mark Miller talking about his brand new book, Uncommon Greatness. First question off the top, Mike, what stood out to you most about your time with Mark? You know, what I love about Mark is his sampling size of leadership is so large. He has all the years of the front row seat. We talked about a lot in the episode of the the front row seat to Chick-fil-A and seeing their just meteoric rise of what what happened there, but also the the tangible piece of working directly with leaders for 40 years. So his sample size of leadership is massive. And when he speaks of something, he speaks of it with authority. You know, he spent the majority of the conversation really talking about this brand new book, Uncommon Greatness. I feel like in the the leadership space, greatness is typically what people are trying to achieve. But Mark really hones in on this idea of uncommon greatness. In your mind, what is an uncommonly great leader? You know, Casey, I think an uncommonly great leader is somebody who has their finger on the pulse of of society, their organization, and themselves. So, you know, if you're uncommon, that means you are abnormal. You're not common. So the pulse of where society is in general, they know. The pulse of where their organization is, they know. And then the pulse of where they are. They're incredibly self-aware of what they're good at and what they're not good at. You and I have had long conversations about people that aren't self-aware and they can't see their flaws. They can't see their um, shortcomings. And I think an uncommonly great leader, can they just have a great picture of the landscape of leadership and know where they fall in it. And they hire right. They put the right people around them because they're uncommonly great. They don't have to be great at everything. They just know what they're not good at, but they're great at it because they put good people around them to do it. Do you feel like that self-awareness component is the biggest uh, differentiator between a great leader and an uncommonly great leader? 100%. In fact, William Vanderbloom, and I remember in his episode, I asked him, out of your 12 things of a unicorn that he talked about in his book, out of those 12 things, what's the one thing you want your child, your children to get? And he said, self-awareness, because if they can get self-awareness, you can accomplish a lot of things. And it, it is hard to do, but it's not hard to do, right? It's hard to do because it's easy to insulate yourself. It's easy to believe something about yourself that may or may not be true, but it's not hard to do because if you just take out the mirror and you look at it, you go, I'm not going to be great at everything. It's okay not to be great at everything. As long as I know what those things are 
and I staff accordingly around me. So self-awareness to me is might be the most important attribute of everything that applies to leadership in general. You know, one of the topics that really stood out to me most in your conversation with Mark was this idea of talking about a, a leader's heart being in the right place. And I feel like in so many of your conversations, this is a topic that keeps coming up just in, in different ways, but it all comes back to the leader's heart being in the right place for the organization to ultimately succeed. What would you say to a leader that is listening right now about um, the importance of getting their heart to the right place? Well, I think that's the faith component. And I think, you know, this, this podcast is about more than just leadership. It's about spiritual leadership. And I believe your faith helps keep your heart in the right place. It, it keeps you grounded in the sense, Casey, that you understand you were put there for a reason bigger than you. And the organization is not put there to serve you you are put there to serve the organization. And I think when you remind yourself of that, it keeps, it keeps you centered and it keeps you grounded and it keeps your heart in the right place. If you think the organization's there to serve you, there is no way to handle your heart because it becomes selfish and self-absorbed and, it's what's in it for me and what do I get out of it, not what do I give to it. And the people we get to interview on this podcast are people that stand out. Why do they stand out? Because many of them are uncommonly great. And one of the things that makes them great is they've probably given more to their organization than they've ever asked from it. And so I think that is a major key to it. So let's run with this quote that Mark made during your conversation. Success is a lousy teacher. And I feel like for most great leaders, when they look at um, their resume, they're circling the success and wanting to just stick to what they've already done well. So let's talk about it from an uncommonly great leader standpoint. Why success a lousy teacher? Because you don't learn anything from success. You sometimes things just hit right. The timing was right, all right, so, which is a great thing. Timing is right. You may not have done everything right, but the timing is right. So you go back and you run the same play again, and the timing's bad, and you can't see it. You can't You can't feel it. You know, Nick Saban said, and, and you and I were talking about this on one of our drives after a ball game, you never waste a good loss. Well, because you learn things in losses you lose the game. So we're, we're, we're in the heat of baseball season right now, Casey. We lose a game two to nothing. And we go back through the 10 things we could have done better to win that game. Well, the night before we won a game, one to nothing. Plus same game, you know, two different teams. But we don't really go back and look at the one to nothing win and say, what did we learn from that? No, we got the win. We don't learn anything from it. So there's something about a loss. There's something about losing that makes you do a uh, post-mortem on it to go, all right, what are the lessons? But after you get a win, you don't go back and go, look at this point where we did this well and did this well. So success is a lousy teacher and it numbs you and it keeps you from learning about yourself. It keeps you from learning about the process of leadership. and 
sometimes it takes a good a good run into a wall, right? For for you to go back and go, golly, man, I need to get some things in order. I feel like that's such a perspective shift for most people because yeah. uh, we are so focused on our success. So let's play with that Nick Saban quote of never wasting a good loss. How can a leader listening right now never waste a good win? Well, I think I think being able to look at a good win through the lens of how quickly it could have been a loss. But for this, this, and this, it could have just as easily been a loss. So what were the things we could do better? And I think the word, and you, you, you're around North Star all the time, you hear this, we use the word better. How could we get better? So yes, that was good. But what could we do better? And I think when you're always looking at things through what can we do better, and there may be points that we get to go, you know what, we did that as well as we could do it. Other times you look at it and say, we got by by the skin of our teeth but we could do this piece better or that piece better. So I think it's not just looking at the W or this went well, let's dive into it and go, what can we learn from that? And what can we learn that we could do way better next time to give us a better product? So it's not just a win by the hair of our chinny chin chin, but it's a win that makes a mark win. So I think it's it's the willingness to dive into details of wins and losses. So you notice great coaches, you and I are both sports nuts. Great coaches know when to tell their team, great job, guys, we got a win today. And they know when to tell their team, you're lucky that other team played so bad because we did these things wrong. You didn't deserve the win. We got to get better at these things. And you even talked about a college baseball coach that carried a clipboard around during scrimmages and would write down the things as the scrimmage happened they needed to work on. I think we need to do that in leadership and go, all right, yes, our profit margin's great. Yes, we are meeting and exceeding, but we could do better. And maybe the better isn't a financial number. Maybe the better is how we handle the people we're killing our people that work for us trying to turn out the product. I, it, you know, so the, the, the win isn't just a bottom line. The win is across the board. And so, and I think it's, I think our human tendency is to go, we got the win. It turned, the event turned out great. Let's move on to the next event and not think about what we could have done better or Next year, when that event happens, what are things we don't want to forget from this year? But as you're describing this, there's one organization that's coming to mind that really intertwines with us, and it's Chick-fil-A. Yep. As you're talking about the importance of details, and you're talking about it not just being about the bottom line, but it's about the people as well. You yep. and I were not affiliated with Chick-fil-A in any way. We would love if they want to sponsor the podcast. It would be <laughs> awesome. But other than being patrons, yep. we have no affiliation to Chick-fil-A. So you're answering this question from afar. Um, but what is it about that organization in particular um, that you see that they do so well when it comes to not just focusing on the bottom line, but they really do care about the customers and they care about the employees, the people that are front facing towards Chick-fil-A. What is it that they do well that a leader listening could take and apply to their own leadership journey? 
they think about everything. And I think even we've watched some of the Chick-fil-A training videos where they train their employees that when a person walks in the store, everybody, everybody's got a story. And the guy that walks up to the counter that is ordering a lunch to sit at a table, he used to always sit out with his wife who just passed away. He has a story. And the lady who came in who's just going through a divorce and the student that came in that just found out he got into college, everybody's got a story. Never forget when somebody stands at your counter and when you interact with them, they are living out a story. They get that. They get it. They get that the person that's serving also has a story and they're trying to pay their way through school and they offer Chick-fil-A scholarships and they offer incentives. They think about the total piece, not just the financial number. Where does all that come from? They believe that they are there for a bigger reason than selling chicken sandwiches and profit margin. They believe that they're there to help change lives. So at the end of the day, it's not about the chicken sandwich and it's not about how great the cup was or how the, uh, how many nuggets they put in the box, what they're there for is a transformative life experience that's bigger than the money that got exchanged. And I think that's what separates them. I think, I think they live for a bigger principle because everybody tries to figure out the secret sauce of Chick-fil-A. And what they can't figure out is the spiritual component that was ingrained in the organization when, when Mr. Kathy founded it, that we're, we're about more than chicken. We're about making a margin to give it away, to bless others with it. Well, who does that? You know, yes, they want to make money. But the more money they make, the more money they give away. And they're still, and even Mark talked about it, they're still setting up an operator model that they started with in the beginning where they're not asking for Casey Lynch, the new operator, to bring in 300 grand. You still bring in your experience in a, in a little bit of cash. They provide all the cash. You provide the leadership and to work within their mind. I mean, it's unbelievable. But but it's about more than chicken. It's about something bigger. And I think for all of us, we are a part of something bigger, whether it's a, a, a tool company or Home Depot or Delta or, or a local small nonprofit. We're, we all are serving something bigger. And when we can figure out what that bigger it is, we can become uncommon in how we lead. If you listened to last week, which I hope you did with Mark Miller, and you're listening to this now, just know this is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this idea of uncommon greatness. You need to go and you need to purchase Mark's book to really dive into yeah. these principles because he does such a great job of explaining this and, and how you can apply it to your leadership. So the link to that's in our show notes. Be sure to go on, purchase that book. Well, Mike, why don't you tell us about your next guest that you've got coming up this coming Monday? Yeah, we've got a repeat guest. We've got Dr. Karen Gordon back. Dr. Gordon probably is one of our best episodes we ever released on her book, The Three Chairs. Uh, she is, if you're not familiar with it, if you didn't hear the prior episode, go and watch her YouTube um, TED Talk. It's one of the most viewed TED Talks ever on her three chairs of leadership. 
and we dive in on how a leader communicates. And it is a masterclass. Dr. Gordon is a licensed therapist. She is a phenomenal leadership coach. In fact, some a, a mutual friend of ours after our last episode hired her for his massive company to come in and work with all their executive level leaders because she just gets it. And we all we talk about in this episode is the the art of communicating between people. And it is so I walked away and learned a ton. And I think you're going to learn a ton to it. Dr. Gordon's just right on the money. Whether you get to hear that interview the first go around, or this is going to be your first time hearing Dr. Karen Gordon, we don't want you to miss it. So be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen. Uh, every uh, response and review is so helpful to us and so helpful to leaders out there wondering how they can take the next step in their leadership. You doing that helps them uh, to find us and, and take that step. So uh, please be sure to go on and do that. We can't wait to see you next time and can't wait for you to hear Mike's time with Dr. Karen Gordon. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today and adding to your leadership toolbox. We will see you Monday when Mike sits down with another amazing leader who is making a mark in the space and place that God has put them. For more information about Lynch with a Leader, please visit the website www.mikelynch.com.